Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 18th day of September. I'm Paul White. I hope you have a fantastic Lord's Day. I hope that you fellowship with the believers in some way, shape, fashion, or form today, and that you are at rest in the free favor of God. I want to encourage you to check out our sermon for the week, Fulfill All Righteousness is the title, and I think you will be blessed. We have a bunch of good stuff coming up for you over the next few weeks. We're going to air uh, consecutively um, our monthly meetings from Chapin and Flowery Branch for the months of uh, August and September, um, because by the time we arrive at uh, the, the September events, uh, we or by the time it's time to air them, we will have already been past them, and then we're going to be in Tulsa in October. I'm going to be in Missouri in October. We'll be back in South Carolina and Georgia in October, so a bunch of good stuff coming up. Check out our website uh, if we're going to be in your area. We're also going to go overseas for a couple of different events next fall, in the fall of 23, and I'll be telling you more about those as those dates approach. Um, We've got some good, exciting things uh, on the horizon. Okay, I want to say one more thing today about this potter's wheel. If, If you have a Bible and you're following along or you're looking for something to dwell on later today, I would encourage you to take a look at Jeremiah 18, that famous moment where the word comes to Jeremiah and tells him to go to the potter's house. Yesterday I brought out that the first time Jeremiah heard from God, God spoke to him and told him that he had shaped him and that the Hebrew word there for shaped is very, very similar to the Hebrew word for potter. And so that when Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house, I don't think there's any way he sees anyone first and foremost, but himself. And I kind of got to the end of it yesterday and said, really, you can't preach that which you haven't lived or that which you don't know. And I thought, man, I'd like a few more minutes on that. So let me start there today. I think the reality is you can preach anything. You can read someone's sermon books and get up and preach them. You can read or listen. You can listen to another preacher, take notes, get up and preach their sermons. Uh, I'm not proud of this, but I've done that many years ago. I did that. And I think it's, well, I say I'm not proud of it. I mean, why not? I didn't know how to preach. When I first got started, um, I was, you're a parrot of the people you know. And I'd seen my dad preach. I parroted my dad. I parroted other preachers. I, I parroted other sermons. I look back on things I preached in the settings I preached them where the sermon was completely the wrong thing for the setting. But I had heard someone or read someone preach it and thought, man, that went over really well when they did it. I'll do it here. And I thank God for patient people that put up with me. Uh, I've changed. I've changed the last few years. I got a message from someone the other day that said, I I enjoy your ministry. I've noticed your sermons have changed in the last decade since I've been watching, but they're still good and I'm still blessed, blah, blah. They weren't being insulting. It It was their way of saying, I've noticed you're having your own arc of growth. That's the way that it goes. But what really has to happen is you... When you're really getting truthful, you're preaching what you've lived and what you're living through. And that, to me, the best sermons, you know, they always say the best sermons are live, not preach. I would say this, the best sermons are preached off of what you've lived. And so they are the things that you are actively wrestling with or you've actively put some time into. They're not a sermon full of answers. They're a sermon full of really well crafted and hard-earned questions in which you start to posit some hope based upon the things that you've 
studied, the things that you've lived. When Jeremiah watches that potter and he sees the clay fall off the wheel, I don't think he thinks of Israel. I think he thinks of Jeremiah. We don't blame the potter right there. We don't blame God and go, well, God doesn't know what he's doing. The vessel, you know, he, he, he messed me up. No. And, and in, the, in the illustration of Jeremiah 18, Jeremiah walks away with the idea that the problem's with the clay and that it's just, it's not the appropriate mix or it's not being spun quickly enough. All that's on the potter and which is the very reason why the potter doesn't give up because I'm going to fix this. But how Jeremiah sees it is, it's me on the wheel. I am being made to be beautiful and useful. We talked about that a couple of days ago. And in the midst of that, there are going to be things I do. There are going to be decisions I make where I'm neither beautiful nor useful. And what happens is verse 4. The vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. So the painful process of being fixed happens. And this is the reshaping of God. We call this seasons, I, I, I call it seasons, but it's maybe I need to think it out a little better. Um, but it works for me. The leaves change. They fall off. The tree's not dead. It might look like it's dead, but it's just dormant. There's something coming. And I feel like I've been in states in my own Christianity where I was bright colors. And all it really meant was that the leaves were about to change. And then I'd look like I'm dormant. And then there's other moments where I'm springing forth with green leaves and life. There's other moments of drought where the leaves are curling up and dying because they need... And I go through those seasons, not in moodiness or swing in and out of discouragements or depressions, but rather, I think, being reshaped. And part of reshaping is painful. Part of reshaping is like going to the gym and lifting weights. When you lift weights, you actually tear little microscopic microfiber tears in your muscle. And that's why they're sore. Now, if you completely tore the muscle, you overdid it. And now the muscle's wounded and has to recover. But if you just microscopic tear the muscle, it repairs itself and gets larger and stronger. It's why you gradually move up in the amount of weight that you lift. You don't, here's a mistake I've made. If I might miss going to the weight room for weeks and I'll go back in and go right back to where I was the last time I was consistent and think, ooh, boy, that was tough, but you know, I still got it. And the next day or two be in absolute agony because my, my muscles weren't really ready to go right back to that point. You got to build up to it. Little microfiber tears, not too much though. And so there, there are seasons in our lives, there are things that happen to us. I believe the potter takes those micro tears in our fabric and just shapes us around them and shapes them around us and makes beauty out of our ashes, makes beauty out of our tear. Rather than tearing us up and starting over, he lets the little tears that happen in our lives, our jobs, our careers, our emotions, our marriages, our relationships, he lets those little tears shape us if we'll allow him to getting our hands off of the situation, saying, Father, shape me into what you'd have me to be. That's the great challenge. That's what we're letting Christ do in each one of us. We'll go on to some more from the story of Jeremiah 
this week. We'll just kind of keep working with him for a few days, I think. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.